And I'd never really thought about it before, but combining my love for sport and my love for designing then became joint. And now I work in sporting development or product development. And it's awesome. It's so great. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sporting Directions, proudly sponsored by Tsunami Teamwear with me, Gavin Taylor. And me, Simon Atkinson. For those of you that are new to the show, the Sporting Direction podcast is aimed at providing some ideas, guidance for those of you wanting to pursue a career in the world of sport. Over the course of the first series, we'll be interviewing a range of professionals from different areas of sport to share their amazing stories. We'll be having them share with us some of their achievements, some of their struggles, and any advice that they have for any of you out there wanting to pursue a career in sport. Today, we are very, very happy to welcome Jenny Myrons. Now, Jenny Myrons is an international clothing expert working with a high-quality international branding company. Her main role is to design and develop women's sportswear alongside high-quality marketing. Welcome, Jenny. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming along, Jenny. Really excited about hearing your story. So we'll start off, Jenny, by asking you a very simple question. What is the strongest memory that you have that led you into a direction of a career within sport? It was actually a bit of an accident for me, or not an accident, more, I was never intending to go into sport to begin with, but my passion for sport started at a very young age. My family loves sport. Yeah, we're always playing rugby, football, cricket, anything, you name it. We were always being, playing sport, being outside. So it was a bit of a coincidence that it lined up that I got to work in sport, um, but I actually studied fashion in my university days no that's fine oh. that's fine that's very <laughs> that's very very interesting to, to for some it's, it's great to hear that you can you can absolutely love sport but you you but you that you know you can kind of go down uh, different passions and it's, it's fantastic to hear how you've brought you know the two passions together the fashion uh, and the love for sport and the outdoors so 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 really really well done for you for for bringing those two together and what we hope to do in this, this conversation today is kind of maybe map out for anyone listening how, how they could do something similar so moving on to, to to my question i just want to go back to to what you mentioned a moment ago about sporting family what what i like to hear and what, what what i think other people like to hear is you know we've all got inspirations in our lives uh that that turning point or that individual that that that, that put us on our own direction our own path um is there anyone in your life that kind of made a big impact, was, was your big inspiration? Yeah, so with the big sporting family, it, it's always been funny for me because my parents, they're my number one fans. They absolutely love that I'm really artsy and creative. So they're in very different fields of industries and they've always wanted me to pursue what I want to do, but they've always known that I've loved sport as well. For me, I started off in fashion it's a very, very different industry to how I'm working now. So I'm still working in clothing development, which I love. Fashion industry is actually very different to that. So there's a lot of environmental impact. There's a lot of uh, maybe morally things that aren't correct, especially if you work in fast fashion. It was always a bit of a struggle mentally trying to be able to be okay with working in that field. So... I then went on to working for a sports company in a completely different field and I ended up doing 
a lot of marketing for them. And my bosses there, they were awesome. They, they were a huge influence on me and what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. Um, and they completely showed everything in a different light to me. And, you know, that work didn't have to be so dramatic or heavy hearted, sorry. Um, and they really showed me a lighter side to working and making really good connections with people. And I'm still really good friends with both of them. They were awesome. I thought, oh my gosh, I really want to work in this industry for the rest of my life. And I'd never really thought about it before, but combining my love for sport and my love for designing then became joint. And now I work in sporting development or product development. And it's awesome. It's so great because also playing sport really helps you to know what you need in a garment as well, especially for women, which has been really overlooked in the past. So I think it's really great and like awesome that I get to be in this position where I get to design stuff that will help women in the future in sport. No, and that's something really, really important at the moment. I mean, uh, women's sport is is absolutely exploding at the moment. Uh, something yeah. that should have happened many, many years ago, but but now, you know, women's sport is really taking hold. We're, we're seeing women's sport now become a professional in, in many countries, which is which is fantastic to see. Um, um, on that note, what I'd love to get is just your opinion on kind of what what sort of development in women's sport are you seeing at the moment? And as a result, what sort of demands are on you in kind of the demand for uh, women-specific garments? So I'm working on a few things at the moment, but specifically, women have never had kits that fit them before. And I've had that my whole life as well. You go to a, a club or a team or a game and you're given men's kit, but in a small size. And it's difficult. You have to roll up your shorts, you have to take in your shirt, or you have to end up wearing a shirt that's either too big or too small. So I think one of the main demands at the moment is just literally having kit that fits. And um, <laughs> that was one of my first jobs, was literally making kit that actually fits women, which seems ridiculous to talk about because it should have been done years ago, but it's actually quite a recent thing. Um, so I'm proud to be in the front line of doing that. It's crazy when you say things like that, isn't it? Because like you say, being able to find clothes that fit for women in sport is, is a, it should have been done years, years ago. So to be able to say that that's something that you've had to prioritise over the last few years tells you how far women's sport is from, from the, the men's sport, which is not a good thing, as, as we all know. So I think it's great that that's something that you've been able to do. And I'm sure there's other things and another, you know, work in the pipeline that you've got that hopefully will then start enhancing women's sport rather than just leveling the playing field. I'm really interested to go back a little bit. So what really intrigues me is about your journey from obviously going into fashion. And I'm sure when you started looking at fashion, as you said, you had a, a personal passion for sport, and, and which, which is wonderful, but probably something that you weren't necessarily looking at doing and then you were given an opportunity to then step into the marketing world within sport. And then that then linked into your passion of marketing and, and sorry, and fashion and sport together. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to ask, where did you get the courage to make that move? And, and the reason why I ask that is because both Simon and I, as PE teachers, we both are pushing women's sport all of the time because we're huge advocates for it. But there is a stigma, unfortunately, as I'm probably we all agree, on women's sport and I'm sure there's also a stigma of, of, of women like yourself working within the sports field as well. So I just want to want to ask a little bit more like of a courage 
how did you come up to that courage and go, do you know what? I am going to take a step from fashion, something that I worked at university. I'm going to go into a new field uh, of sport that you've even said yourself is very dated. Um, and I'm going to make a difference. So I just want to know where, where did you get that courage? What made you go, you know, was it, was there a moment, a day where you went, yeah, I'm going to do it. And this is why. I actually had a really inspirational boss in my last job. She was the first general manager of a rugby club in Hong Kong. She was awesome. Like I learned so much from her. She gave me so much courage, passion, everything. And she actually changed me quite a lot in a really positive way. She just gave me that confidence to be like, I can do anything. I have worked with mainly men in, you know, with, with working in sport. To be honest, about three or four years ago, I was really shy. Um, and I probably wouldn't have had the courage to step up and be as strongly opinionated as I am now, or at least be able to voice it. Um, but she actually gave me a lot of courage and she taught me so much that I didn't even know about myself or how I could be in a team that's full of men and get my voice heard and really make a difference. So I think she, she's probably the main reason that comes to my head of how I got the courage. It just mimicked her. I just wanted to be her. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just basically looked at her, saw what she was doing and gave it a go myself and it, it worked. <laughs> I mean, that's really positive to hear about a, a female role model there for you, wasn't she? You know? And that's, again, that's something that myself and Simon and, and a lot of PT just listening, would li we, we often look at trying to find and use female inspirational stories and role models like yourself there. And obviously the person that helped you get to where you need to be. So that's, that's really, really great to hear. Um, normally I'd like to ask a question now about, um, and obviously in your situation, this is quite prevalent about kind of barriers in, in how you got to your role, but I'm going to kind of ask it slightly differently with you because I think you're one of the, 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 the an interesting guest for us because being a female in a very male dominated industry, there must be loads of barriers in place, either for you personally or for your ideas, perhaps in the, in, in what you're trying to pursue or perhaps even deeper than that in terms of the potentially the garments that you have ideas for. So either one of those three, I'd love you to just share with us and the listeners, like what kind of barriers are there? Or have you experienced? And either in a negative way, listen, there are lots of barriers and this is why, and they need to change. Um, or no, actually there were barriers, but things have changed now for the better. I genuinely don't know the answer to this. So I'm really interested to know is there still lots of barriers in place or are they diminishing or is it still a problem? I've worked in places where it has been and it hasn't been as well. Um, at the moment, fortunately, everyone's excited to hear my ideas. They brought me on as a woman because they want to hear my ideas and they want to, you know, they, they really trust my judgment and they really trust what I have to say. So that's a really liberating experience. In my previous, maybe like my first job, it wasn't that way so much. And yeah, it, it's hard because you get talked over a lot. When you start talking, people just talk over you. Yeah, it, it's more just, it's not so much they dismiss you, but it's almost like you're not there a lot of the time. <laughs> 
which is pretty sad to say, but it's true. Um, and I've talked to a lot of female colleagues as well who've said exactly the same thing. So I don't want to say that I've been really hard done by because I haven't. I've had really great time in my career and had a lot of men really respect me and what I do and trust my judgment. But I also have experienced in the past a lot of, yeah, not too negative, just little things. People talking over me, taking my ideas, things like that. Yeah, it's it, it, unfortunately, um, I think I speak for most people. We've all, I think, had um, contact with leaders that maybe don't inspire, uh, maybe kind of aren't the leaders that, that we need at the time, uh, or maybe leaders that you know, don't exhibit the qualities we really want. And, and I can see that straight away it, it has, you know, affected you. And I, I can see that obviously those memories coming up. And I think back to, to many, many leaders I've had who have, like like you said, talk over you, uh, steal your ideas and don't don't value you. And, and you know, what, what I would personally be saying to any leader out there is, is watching this video is, is, when you were talking about the inspirational leader um, that gave you courage, gave you passion, empowered you. What was her name, by the way? You never mentioned her name. Oh, Sarah. Yeah, she's yeah. fantastic. Sarah, yeah. She, um, she used to play for Scotland as well. So she's just absolutely, like, untouchable. She's just so great. <laughs> But there, there's a difference straight away. You can see, you know, your 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 reaction to to Sarah and how Sarah has inspired, encouraged you, and and it's clear she has been a real kind of powerhouse in, in your movement towards toward your career. And and I think just talking to you, myself and Gavin can tell that you you are going to be an inspirational leader. You are going to be someone who's pivotal in this in this big movement towards women's sport because you've had that good, but also you've had that bad experience and you know what to pass on. So anyone listening to this who is one day finding themselves in a leadership position, I would say, you know, it's, it's our responsibilities as leaders to empower, to uh, encourage, to, to, to give courage, to give passion uh, to others so that they can, can pass that, that on. Would you, would you agree? I absolutely love that. It's weird because as I was telling you before, like everything sort of has fit into place for me along the way. Like I've gone through a lot of very different pathways to get to where I am, but um, it's sort of pieced together in a perfect situation for me. And with you saying that, that like I've, I've never really pieced those bits together either. And you saying that it's put it together for me and it looks like a great future. And I'm, I would, yeah, it would be great if I inspired somebody to want to go into that as well. Well, that, that leads me perfectly onto my next question. Um, so moving forward, uh, Jenny, and, and you're that leader, um, you're that, that groundbreaker. Um, what I'd <laughs> love to know is, you know, someone, uh, a young girl, a young boy, uh, listening to this, loves their fashion, loves their sport. What, what advice would you give to, to them if they wanted to move in the same direction you have, uh, if they wanted to, to, to move into that uh, industry of uh, sports clothing, team wear? What, what advice would you give them? So I think your podcast is great because if I'd listened to this when I was at school, I could probably cut out a few middlemen to get to where I am now. Um, so if somebody loves sport and they love 
designing as well. Going into sports apparel design is an amazing job. So I would recommend it to anyone. Um, you have to take a few steps to get there. You have to have a love of sport. So knowing your sport inside out is very important because if you're designing for a certain sport, you have to know why the garment moves like it does or why you're designing it like that. So you can't really just go into sports apparel not knowing the sport. With me, my main sport that I focus on is rugby. So as a rugby player, I know how the garment should move, what needs to be stronger, what will be pulled more, what will happen if when you get tackled and how it will react with the ground. It's very technical with fabrics. Um, so definitely know your sport inside out and why you're designing. If you wanna go down the university path, you must do fashion design because you learn a lot there of literally how to design. And if you're at school still, I would recommend taking art and science because it's very technical. That's what you don't realize is gonna happen. It's actually very technical and you're gonna be doing a lot of reading and a lot of science work. <laughs> Jenny, that's super interesting to hear because obviously people are then listening can say, oh, okay, now I know um, what I need to do. Uh, as a sports person myself for the last 15, 20 years, I didn't realise, even listening to this now, in my in my sort of position, that science was really prevalent in, in this. Obviously, there is some scientific um, breakthroughs on certain clothing, but I didn't realise how important science is. Not trying to catch you out in any way, genuinely interested, and I'm sure the listeners are as well. Talk me through perhaps some of the science thoughts that you may have to go through making some of the clothing that you have? So there's a lot of technology going on at the moment with fabrics. As you probably know, in rugby jerseys or different sports jerseys, there's different fabrics that do different things. And you have to know how they work kind of thing. And lots of layers to them. And it's better if you have a basic understanding of science so you can understand why it does what it does and how that is good for what you're applying it to. I also work in eco fashion. So we do a lot of technologies with making things sustainable. So that also comes into play when you're designing something and you want it to be as sustainable as possible. So the techniques we apply and the applications we add to the fabrics as well, they make a huge difference to how the garment performs and then the impact it has to the earth after it's discarded with or reused or anything like that. So yeah, you have to have a good understanding of the impact that that garment is gonna have long-term and short-term. I mean, generally that's really, I find that generally really interesting. So it's a really good point. Obviously you said about fabrics and stuff and fabrics changed over the years but yeah you're right like where did that come from where did where did where did experts like you decide we're going to use you know different fabrics and stuff and then that's a really good point about eco stuff now isn't it it's something that the world is is vitally looking at doing across all areas and and different industries mm -hmm. so i think it's uh it's a really good point about linking that to fashion so no just really interesting i generally would didn't think about science and if i was a young person listening to this and i had an interest of fashion but i was kind of had a passion for sport, I'd be looking at that and going, I didn't realise how important science was. I'm going to make sure I start making more of an emphasis on that. You don't have to say this unless uh, you're going to get told off by your company, but I'd love to hear <laughs> of any potential...
future plans that you may have for any garments out there, any any secret scoops you can share with us? <laughs> um, I'm working on a few things at the moment. Some of them I cannot talk about or disclose, but I will say that the future of women's rugby is looking great. And we really are looking into making it a way more looked at sport and making the women of rugby more heard and seen and protected. Love that. Very diplomatic answer, but uh, <laughs> I love that all the same. So thank you so much. So we're, we, we've really enjoyed your company, Jenny. We're going to ask a couple of a fun little questions to finish off. Um, if you're happy just okay. to fire them out for us and the listeners, that would be great. So I always like to try and ask at the end uh, a little question. Mine is, what is your mantra? What's your one sentence or phrase that you live your life by? I always live by hard work always pays off. Um, even if you don't think that people are noticing, they are. Because with people around me as well, even you know when they're working hard and they don't think anyone's watching or looking, I always notice it. I've always felt that if I do something, even if at the time um, it amounts to nothing, somehow it will come back around again and I'll be able to use it for something. And it's because I put that hard work in initially that I'm able to use that now. So I think nothing that I've ever done has amounted to nothing. It's always come back and really helped me in the future. So yeah, working hard is the one. No, I, I like that a lot. And that's, uh, that's something we're hearing a lot from uh, all of our guests. You know, hard work pays off. Uh, definitely, definitely agree with that. And I, I like how you then uh, kind of related that to every little thing, no matter how trivial it seems at the time, will come back and support you uh, later on in life. Um, mm -hmm. I, I agree. You know, I, I've, I've taken uh, numerous courses that I thought were interesting, were absolutely useless to me for years, and then suddenly... <laughs> They're, they're incredibly important for, for, for the next role. So, yeah, I would say anyone listening, definitely keep learning, adopt that growth mindset and uh, keep working hard. Sorry, moving on to my fun question. I, I'm always very interested to know um, what else? What, what else is there? So, so if, if the plans hadn't come together, if uh, Jenny wasn't in this pivotal, uh, game-changing role in fashion design for sport, what else? What, where, where else do you think you would have ended up? Um, I was actually between design and architecture for a while. So I probably would have gone on to do architecture instead of product design. Before working in sports, I'm not sucking up to you. I'm just honestly <laughs> saying this. Um, before working in sports, I legitimately thought I'd made the wrong choice by picking fashion design because it, it's such a brutal industry. It really is really tough and it, it kind of broke me. That's why I moved into working in sport in the first place in a completely different field. But it it did make me think I really wish I'd picked architecture. And now I'm so glad I didn't because then getting involved in the sporting industry and now working, combining those two passions is amazing. And I'm so, so glad I stuck with it. Yeah, I think I think that's very important. Definitely uh, coming back to, to, to one of my favorite sayings, do what you love, love what you do. And I, I think uh, clearly you, uh, you found what you loved, uh, you're doing mm -hmm. what you love, but, the space in the middle was uh, was tough by the sounds of it, and uh, 
I'm sure all of the advice you've given us today, someone out there will be listening uh, and will be pointed in the right direction. And uh, maybe one day in the future, they'll be passing on their knowledge and they'll be passing on um, how they moved and they might even be passing on that Jenny Mirrens was at their inspiration and got them to where they wanted to be hopefully one day. Oh, I hope so. Unfortunately, we're out of time. So what I would like to say is it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Uh, it's been amazing listening to your story. So um, thank you ever so much for your time. Um, and I wish you all the best in the future. Thank you so much. I've had a blast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, Jenny. I mean, just to say there, you might have ended up making sports stadiums rather than sports clothing if you're going to sports architecture. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, Jenny, thanks so much again. We do really appreciate time. Wonderful to have you on. Loved hearing your story about uh, how you got to where you were. And we really hope that you continue to push women's sport, um, certainly from that side of things as well. And obviously get rid of these barriers from a clothing point of view so that women can access sport just as much as men. Uh, to the listeners out there, we really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and we will see you next time on the next episode of Sporting Directions. <laughs>